Hello. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll kick off for a couple of minutes early, but I think those who are, are coming are coming. Um, and this is welcome to um, St Michael and All Saints, who very kindly loaned us their building for the day, because believe it or not, Central Hall hasn't got a third space big enough even to fit this number of people in. We'd be very squashed if we were in one of the upstairs rooms. So it's lovely to be here. Um, so my name's Rob. You've heard enough from me already today. So I'm going to just introduce Helen Johnson, who I actually got to know the first time I think when I was down in Leeds, and I've been privileged to be asked to do some mental health training for Christians Against Poverty over the years. So CAP are one of the sort of biggest debt counselling organisations in, in the UK and certainly the biggest Christian one. Um, so it's really exciting to have them up here and it's really interesting isn't it? this link between sort of money and, and mood and obviously when your money's bad your mood is bad and when your money's good and you win the lottery your mood's good for a while. Um, but it's obviously a lot more complex than that and Helen's going to be giving us a seminar and the good news is it looks like it's going to be really interactive doesn't it? So bring your interactive selves and um, we'll have a fantastic time. Helen I should probably say, you, tell us a bit about what you're going to go and do in Canada. Yeah, well, um, hi everyone, and thanks for coming. Um, for the last six and a half years or so, I've headed up the Centre Network at Christians Against Poverty, which has been a real privilege working with hundreds of local churches and seeing lives impacted through that work. But about a year or so ago, I felt a real call from God to move to Canada, um, and I'm going to be doing that in March. Um, I'm going over there to actually pioneer the work of Christians Against Poverty in Canada, which is terrifying and exciting all at the same time. Um, it's going to be very cold in winter when I first arrive, but hey, we can get through that. Um, but it's interesting, I went over there in October and <coughs> saw that the needs over there are just very similar to the needs here. And at the moment, there is absolutely nothing going on in Canada. I um, met an insolvency trustee who said there is no organisation in the entire Ontario that is free, does free debt counselling. Um, so we are very needed over there. So you can pray for me as well, because I'm going to need a lot of prayers. But this seminar is on money and your mood. And I just thought it would be good to start off by sharing with the person next to you how you think money could affect your mood. Um, for positive or for negative, but just have a couple of minutes sharing how money could affect your mood. As Rob said, this seminar is going to be very interactive, so you might as well start as we mean to go on. their mood. I gave up and I thought I might as well go to prison. I couldn't function normally. I thought my kids would be better off in care. Um, 
quite ill psychologically, emotionally and physically. It felt like my life had come to a standstill. The bills were getting me down to such a stage I didn't know what I was doing. My focus was pretty much to kill myself. That was my main focus, what I wanted to do. but that's how some of our clients who are struggling with debt felt because of their money and their pressures. And what I want us to be doing today is to think about the issues and then also to think about some solutions and how we can actually help people who are feeling trapped, suicidal, broken and lost. So first of all, when we're thinking about the issues, I've got some questions for you. So I'm here, you might be able to make out the, the shapes of ten people. And one of them is coloured in because if you take the UK as a whole, one out of every ten people suffers from severe debt. And I want you in a few minutes to discuss with the person next to you how many people you think out of ten who have a mental health problem suffer from severe debt. So how does that number change? when you look just at people who are suffering from mental health problems. Second question I want you to look at is, again, out of 10, how many people do you think said that mental health problems made their debt worse? So these are people who are struggling with severe debt, and when asked, they said that their mental health made their debt worse. And a similar question, again, how many people said that debt made their mental health problem worse? And then what percentage of people do you think were prescribed medication to help them cope? These are people who are in severe debt. And what percentage do you think considered or attempted to commit suicide? So I'm just going to give you a few minutes with the personal people next to you to think what you would say to those, those questions. Sorry, what was... Eight. 
Yeah, you're pretty close. It's actually eight and a half. And this is just a story here. David, he was a single guy, living on his own, suffering from OCD. And that was actually the main reason that he got into debt. And he kept taking out loans and using his bank account, his overdraft. And he was one of CAP, a CAP client, and he was working well with CAP, but because of his OCD, he built up another debt with Virgin Media. And that actually led to him feeling really, really ashamed, because here he was, he was on the path to recovery to, for his debts, he was sorting it out, and then felt that he'd failed. He felt guilty and ashamed. But the advantage was, because he was working with someone from a local church, he was actually able to meet up with them and pray with him. People would pray with him. He was a Christian. And they could have that support and that love and that care. Well, our debts make mental health problems worse. <coughs> Any volunteers? Ten. Yeah, you close. Ninety-one percent. So, yeah, ninety-one percent people said that. And Lindsay said, life was stressful. I couldn't sleep because I was always thinking about how I could pay the creditors. And you can imagine, can't you, the pressure of the debt, the pressure of those finances makes the problems worse. What about this? What percentage of people prescribe medication to cope? These are people, anybody in debt, so they might not, might or may not have had a pre-existing condition. You all go for a lot, don't you? I want, if we go down the line, can every fourth person stand up? So, that gentleman there, then Alistair, guy there, can't count anymore, <laughs> lady there, gentleman there, yeah, can stand up? Yep. Yeah. Lady behind, <coughs> gentleman there, and one of you at the back, stand up. Yeah, it's actually one in four. <coughs> if you sort of look around, that's what it represents. 42% people who are seeking help for their debt problems have been prescribed medication to help them cope. And that's just to help them cope with the stress of the debts. And what about considered or attempted to commit suicide? This is a proportion of people who've come to CAP for help. Half. The same people want to stand up again. It's actually 37%, which is approximately you guys. Which breaks my heart, really, thinking out of the thousands of people that we reach, how many people have got to that point because of their debts of attempting or considering to commit suicide. Thanks, everyone. And they get to that point, I think, because the future just looks bleak. There's no way out of the darkness and the stress that they're in. Often they think they're to blame and for them the natural way out of that is suicide. And anything we can do to help people who are struggling with this with something that is very preventable, that's very curable and we can offer hope into those situations has to be worth it. And I think there's no doubt from those statistics, I'm sure you're all aware before you came, that there is a definite correlation between debt and mental health. It's not as clear-cut as saying one causes the other, but it's like a circle, that they both interwoven, both making each other, each, each other worse, really. And you all heard of Martin Lewis from moneysavingexpert.com. He actually wrote this. He said, a few years ago, I had my eyes opened. A man came up to thank me for the moneysavingexpert.com website. I asked him if it had saved him much money. Sensible question. His answer surprised me. I don't use it for myself. I'm a mental health caseworker, and almost every one of my clients has debt issues. It's tough for them to control many areas of their life. I use your site to help them sort through their problems. And that's the reality, isn't it? Um, we can actually use the tools that are available actually help people with the problems that they're experiencing.
So now, in just in small groups, I want you to spend sort of 10 minutes or so brainstorming ways that you think that we can actually help, you know, whether that's as, us as an individual, us as a church, us as organisations. What can we do to help people who are struggling in this way? It's just in sort of small groups, threes, fours, fives. Brainstorm some ways.
Okay, I think it would be good for us just to share some of those thoughts with each other. So Rob's going to go round with a mic if anyone is brave enough to start sharing any thoughts, ideas that you've had. Go on, put your hand up. Must, uh, there was lots of conversations going on. Brilliant. If we could do this well, so bring the back next to make Rob run around lots. Can you hear him? that's the best possible answer, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm biased. Um, but for people who aren't that aware of who Christians Against Poverty are and how we work, I'm going to be sharing in um, the second half of this more detail about how that actually works so that you can think, yes, maybe this is something we can do as a church and maybe we can, as sorry, Ian said, raise awareness, refer people on to, to us as an organisation. Any other ways? Isolation is a massive thing. Um, I mean, just debt on its own causes massive amounts of isolation. Because if you're struggling to feed yourself and your own family, you're not going to invite other people around to your house. You're not going to go for meals with other people. You can't afford to go out um, and do lots of things. So, yeah, there's a massive problem of isolation. And if we can put on, as churches particularly, free events, events, invite people to those events... Go and visit people. Just as we were hearing this morning, going along and being a friend, just being a listening ear, that can actually have a massive, massive benefit for people in reducing isolation. Yeah, great. is massive. The number of times I've visited churches and spoken about CAP and people coming up to me saying, oh, don't everybody have you know, massive tellies and haven't they got into debt because of this, this and this? And yes, some people have got into debt because they've just bought a massive telly. But actually, there's a lot of other reasons going on behind that. Is it because they haven't had the education? They haven't been brought up learning how to budget, how to manage their money? Because actually, that's what society is telling them to do. They're feeling all of that pressure from people. It can be that actually they've been managing their money really well, but somebody's just lost a job. Or sickness and bereavement can have caused the debt. And actually, just educating people that debt can happen to all of us and we shouldn't isolate. And also teaching about not judging. Um, Actually, as Christians, we are called not to judge, aren't we? And to go and visit people and help people and educate people in that is really key. Great. Anything else? And we were talking to the little past day and the shame that comes with that. And we have a cat centre in our church, which is free, but I'm not sure that any little class people who come to church would feel that they could access that because they might think it's for somebody other than them. Yeah. And just the shame that's attached and so that 
Definitely. And I think one of the things that I know some churches have done is they've actually approached some really well-off people in their church and said, I want you to go on the Camp Money course because, and I want you to tell people that you've gone on the Camp Money course to actually say this isn't just about people who are poor, actually that we can all benefit from that. And at, at CAP, we've, we've had accountants, we've had professional sports people, we've had doctors, we've had lawyers, we've had all sorts of people who've come to us for help. Debt isn't something that um, just affects one group of people. Um, we can all get into that situation. Great. We can talk about everything and anything under the sun, can't we, as Christians or as people, but we don't talk about money. We don't actually open up about money, what we're spending, what we're earning, what we're, our struggles. You know, we just keep that very, very close to our, our... And that's not good, is it? We wanna, if we want to create this open environment, we should be, be talking about it. But it is difficult. When I was thinking of the whole area of how we can actually help people who are struggling, I sort of summed it up into three areas. The first area I looked at was emotional support. You know, we touched on this a little bit, but just talking and listening to people, being a listening ear, sitting there with a box of tissues, and if somebody's struggling, if someone is feeling the pressure, just being there and listening is massive, and I don't think we can overestimate the impact that that can have. And giving people hope as well. When we talked about the 37% of our clients who've attempted or considered suicide, because they felt there was no hope, they couldn't see a way out. Whereas if we can give them hope and actually reassure them that there will be a solution, there will be a way out, that does an awful lot to actually take that burden away from people. Praying for them, whether they're Christians or not, offering to pray can have a massive impact. And then just loving and accepting people, not judging. The comment we hear time and time again at Christians Against Poverty from our clients is, I wasn't judged, I wasn't judged, I wasn't judged. Which is great that they weren't judged, although it also says that they were expecting to be judged. And actually just loving people, accepting people, and not judging people is a really good way of giving them that emotional support. And then we can offer practical support as well. If someone comes to you who's struggling with their finances, you know, maybe you can check, are they getting all the benefits that they're entitled to? There's a website called um, www.entitledto.co.uk and you can actually fill in people's details and see, are they getting all the benefits that they need? That's entitledto.co.uk. If someone you know is prone to overspending, you know, maybe it's because they're suffering from bipolar and... Actually, they just go out on spending streets. <clears throat> actually, can you put something in place that will stop them from, from spending? Can you actually talk to the credit card company about reducing the spending limit? So once they hit a certain point, the credit card won't be accepted. It won't stop them from getting into debt full stop, but it might stop them getting into unmanageable debt. Or can you talk to them and say, you know, when you're feeling like that, give me your credit cards actually build up that relationship of trust that says I'm going to look after your credit cards so that you can't just go out on a spending spree um, actually helping them create a budget we're going to talk about cap money later which is a fantastic tool to help people build a budget but maybe you can just sit down with them and help them one on one as well um, and also encourage them to tell the bank or credit card companies um, because actually credit card companies have a duty of care to look after people if they know that they have a mental health problem. 
So actually, um, they will take the credit card companies um, and credit creditors have this sort of auto dialer, which automatically rings you. Which is why, if you're in debt, the phone is constantly ringing because even if you don't pick it up, it's on this auto dialer, so it will ring again and again and again. They will often take people who are struggling with mental health off that auto dialer, which reduces the stress and the burden of that phone being rung all the time. And if the problems are really serious, you can actually write to them and ask that they actually wipe off the debt. You can actually ask. There's no guarantee that creditors will do that. But there's some letters on the National Debt Line website that you can amend to actually ask for debts to be written off. Sometimes you need evidence. So maybe they're trying to do it themselves. Maybe they're doing it with Christians Against Poverty. And to actually write to the creditors, they're not just going to accept our word for it. They often need evidence in the form of a letter from a doctor or social worker. But maybe you can help them get that evidence that they need to actually present their case. And then the third area is referring them to professionals. Money is actually a dynamic factor that we can change. So actually referring them to a professional who can actually help change their financial situation can massively improve how they're feeling. So help them to get professional debt counselling help. <coughs> But also encourage them to go to see their doctor. Actually, if they're struggling with debt and this is the first time they've experienced mental health problems, the first time they've experienced depression, actually encourage them to go to their GP to actually get medication to help them. And our job can often be just signposting to relevant organisations. So I'm going to spend the next sort of 20 minutes or so sharing about Christians Against Poverty and how we work, the Cat Money course, and also our debt counselling. But first of all, I'm going to interview Kay. Um, Kay, do you want to come up? And Rob, come Mike. Kay's been working with Christian Against Poverty since 2008. And she's, she's bravely agreed to come and share some of her stories. So, Kay, do you just want to share briefly how you got into debt? Um, um, first, the very first time I got into debt, I was 14. <coughs> um, I was the, the eldest of three... Um, I was the only girl. I wanted everything. I wanted it then and there. Um, typical teenager. My mum couldn't afford it. My dad was a steel worker. My mum stayed at home. And things, as you know, with the steel works and things like that were really tight. I'd been brought up in a provident, that's, we were in first name terms with a provident man. Even when we hid behind the couch when they came to the door chapel and things like that. So I, brought, I was brought up in an area that was designated as an APT area. It was an area for priority treatment because there was so much high unemployment and things like that. Um, so, 14, I was earning £2.10 for working on a Saturday in a cafe. So 50p that a week went to my, my aunt's catalogue and that's what I bought my, my, my course from. Uh, Olivia Newton-John trousers. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that was kind of it. So I was, I was brought up in a, in a debt culture. Um, there wasn't a lot of money going around. Um, a lot of scrimping and scraping and not a lot of saving. Um, then when I started getting older, um, the debt was there. I fell pregnant at 17. I had my, my first daughter in February of 82. I got married in... 83. My husband at that point was in the army and it was, it was fine when we were there. Came out in the army, no job, um, council house, needed blitzed debt again. So Provident comes, household, just debt, 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 builds up. Um, my husband got into trouble with the police, ended up in prison, so there was less benefits coming in. There was a gap for benefits because I had to go up to the trail of three kids with me, the two kids at the time. Um, just just a, a total cycle. We hadn't any, hadn't any money, so we'd go and steal something, sell it, and then we'd have money. And then we'd go to prison, and then it would start, it would start all over again. Just a vicious cycle of everyday life, really. Yeah. And how did being in debt make you feel? Um, it, 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 made, it made you feel absolutely worthless, totally useless. It's like, I can't provide this for my, my family. I can't look after them. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not a proper mother. 
hopelessness, everything, just everything that everybody says there, you, you feel so lost, hopeless, desperate, and it got that bad that I, that I did try to take more life. Um, and that was, was hard. It was hard for me, it was hard for people round about me and things like that, but um, at that point I decided there's something has to get done. And I survived, obviously. And you called Cat for Help, you found out about Cat from Your Housing Association, which again is a great example of a professional organisation referring someone to another organisation and offering that help. And how did Cat help you? It was Jill from Cat the local Centre. Yeah, Jill, Jill um, I'd, I'd been given this leaflet, I'd actually been with another company that was going to put me on a trustee and charge me £4,500 to add to my debt for to do it when the, the um, Housing Association person gave me this leaflet and I don't know why everything was all settled and things but in hindsight I know exactly why um, because I had no faith at the time, I had no faith in myself, never mind anybody else, I was on my own and um, so I thought and I gave it, I gave it a phone and I thought, nothing ventured, nothing gained, I have nothing to lose. And I get somebody on the other end of the, the 0800 number who didn't, they were non-judgmental, they didn't take, but they sounded as if they cared and that was different. And then within about three days or something, Jill gave me a phone call and says that, can we come out and see you? And on the 30th of July 2008, was my first visit from Jill. Right. And how did that support actually help you? Well, the, the, I, I wasn't expecting, I don't know what I was expecting, but I didn't. It, it, was, it was totally blown me away. Um, I don't know what I expected them to do, but they took bin bags full of dead letters away from me, and Jill brought um, another lady with her who was to be my befriender, she was going to support me through what I was going through and that, that was a big help. The, the, the first day when they took those bin bags of debt letters away, and there, there was a lot, there, there was a lot. Um, it was great, it was like, I'm free. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I felt when, when, it was, when I was free. And you told me about how Barbara took to cinema and to coffee shops and Things that I'm working full time as well, and I'm st I'm, I, I was still in debt and couldn't manage with what I was getting in. But I, and I couldn't join in any conversations at work, working in an office, and they would talk about this film, that film, going to, you know, we would, we would having coffee. Do you fancy coming for coffee? Fancy going for a lunch? And things like that. Have you seen that film? No, I've never seen it. I've been to the cinema for long enough. Barbara came. <coughs> something as simple as taking me out to Boston's for a coffee and just talking just about everything, about the weather, about just about anything. I was able to go back and, and say, oh, I've been to that, I've tried that gingerbread latte, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, I've seen that film and I found myself being part of society again because you can't afford to do that when you're on a budget. You, you, you can't afford to, but it's eight quid to go to the cinema. It's two two forty five for a coffee. <laughs> it's just it's that's beyond you. Um, that that's the situation that I was in. Um, I couldn't buy food for the kids. I'd store rolls and milk for the corner shop at five o'clock in the morning, feed the kids in the morning. So I couldn't afford two pound forty five for a coffee. And, and that, that, that that was really helpful. Yeah, because it meant that when you were talking to people you felt part of society. Yeah. yeah. And do you just want to share with everyone? Um, that, that was the last thing that I ever thought was ever going to happen because I had no interest in religion or whatever. Um, I'd been brought up in a Roman Catholic, um, my mum was Roman Catholic, my mum's family was Roman Catholic and they did that and we played outside and never the true show me. Um, but Jill sent, us on, sent myself and my husband on a, a discovery break. We went to, went to the Jonas Centre, which is it's like a wee small farm type thing uh, in South Yorkshire. And 
they were doing like it, it was no long sessions it was like half hour talks one of them was money one of them was faith one of them were different things like that and there we go but it wasn't like that it was just it was real it, it meant things it clicked things started clicking into place that was on the Monday we went down there and at nine o'clock on Wednesday night in a wee room in that place I became a Christian. That's that's how it it happened. It just happened. That's and that's it. Since then I've gone from strength to trade. I'm still in debt. I'm still in debt, but I am very rich as in I have God in my life, I have my life and I have my family. And I have friends. Fantastic, isn't it? Um, just what a great story and what a great testimony to what what God and the local church have done in changing someone's life and the hope and the confidence and the faith that Kay now has. And she shared her story um, many times. This isn't the first time. I'm sure you can understand that. And I know she'll have had a massive impact on you. She has on me. Um, I met her about half an hour ago. And on many other people. And that is a transformation that ultimately only God can do, but that we can play a part in, that we can take some of that pressure away, we can give people hope. And that is what Christians Against Poverty is all about. There's two areas to our work Cap Money and our debt centres. And Cap Money is about money management, it's a three week course offering simple money management to everybody and anybody. You don't have to be in a mess financially to go on this course. I've been on the course. I was very sceptical about going on the course, believe it or not. But I went and I really, really benefited. And I've changed the way I manage my money as a result. It's a very practical way of helping. And it can help people get very specific about their issues. If people are struggling with depression and are exaggerating things and seeing their way out and just having that sort of fear and that burden, actually just getting everything out on the table, getting all the pieces of the jigsaw laid out, can actually be the first step in helping take that cloud away because they can actually work out what can I do um, rather than focusing on what I can't do. But actually what can I do? What is actually going on? And you can actually set manageable aims and make progress, which if you've been struggling with depression, is a massive encouragement and a massive emotional boost, saying, yes, I've done something. And it's very simple money management, and there's little steps that you can take so you can measure that progress. And the nature of the course is very flexible. So you can run it in groups like this, or you can run it one-on-one in someone's home. So if you've got somebody who is afraid of crowds, it doesn't matter. You can run that course one-on-one with them in their home. Or if somebody's isolated and you want them to invite them to something, you can invite them to a smaller group event. And your church can run it. It only costs £75 to train a cat money coach, and then you can run that coach as many that coach, you can run that course as many times as you actually want in your community. And we've just done a training session up here in Scotland, but the next ones are the 8th of June in Sunderland, which I know it's England for you Scottish people, but it's not that far away, and the 30th of November next year in Glasgow. Um, And there's also Cat Money Plus, which is an internet-based, telephone-based support for people who have unmanageable debts who go on the course. But there is always a way forward. There will always be a solution. Anybody who comes on that course will be able to go managing their money better. They might not have it all fixed and sorted after week one, but it's about making steps forward and helping us all manage our money better. And then there's our cap debt centres, which is professional help for people who have serious debt. And we only do that in partnership with local churches because a core thing that we want to do is build relationships with people. We actually want to get to know people like Kay We want to help reduce our isolation. We want to build relationships. We do all the debt counselling. We can either train somebody from the local church to do the debt counselling, 
or we have a team of trained debt counsellors in our office in Bradford who will do the debt counselling, which means that people struggling with their finances themselves don't need to worry about building a budget, negotiating with creditors, trying to get things to balance, worrying about the paperwork, physically taking those bags of paperwork out of someone's house is like lifting a massive burden off somebody. It really is. You're just taking that burden out of their homes. And we do the negotiation with creditors. We aim to get interest and charges stopped. And we do that in most cases. And sometimes we can actually fight. Fight's the wrong word because we have great relationships with the creditors. But we can actually talk to the creditors about having debts written off. We did that earlier this year with a lady called Jennifer, who'd actually, while she was working with us, had attempted to commit suicide twice because she was still so worried about the problems of her debt. When we wrote to all of her creditors to tell her about that, two of them immediately wrote off those debts. They said, we will clear that debt. That is something that we can do. You can do it as well, but it helps when you're a bigger organisation working on someone's behalf. We also have what we call a cap account, which makes it easy for clients to pay their bills and pay off their debts. So actually they just pay one lump sum each week or each month into the cap account and that money gets distributed to pay their bills, to pay their debts. Which again means you're taking away the worry, the burden and the stress of what to pay, how to pay it, who to pay when. And they don't need to worry about that, they just need to think about making those one payment, that one payment. And that can be really helpful if people are prone to go on spending sprees. Because actually, if you've got less money in your bank account, you're less likely to spend it. Because um, that money's going in and their bills and everything are getting paid through the cap account. And we also offer continuous support. So we'll support people with their debts and their finances until they become debt free. But through the local church, through befrienders like um, Kay was mentioning, this lady called Barbara, somebody from the local church who got alongside her, took her for coffee, took her to the cinema. That's people from the local church getting alongside and offering them friendship and support. If people don't want it, it's not forced upon them. It's not a case of, you become a cat client, you need to have a friend from the local church. Some people don't want that, that's fine. But actually, it's a great tool to be able to offer. And what an amazing privilege as a Christian to be invited into someone's home and actually build up those friendships and actually be able to offer them that support. And we see it very much as an evangelistic tool. Kay talked about discovery breaks, which are free holidays that we take some of our clients on. That's one of the ways that we do evangelism. A lot of it is just done through relationship, through building up those relationships, building up trust, offering to pray with people, inviting them on Alpha courses or Christianity Explore courses or to a pampering event or going in as a team from the church and doing up the house, doing some decorating or gardening and having conversations about why we're doing this, having conversations about our Lord Jesus Christ who loves them because ultimately that's what we want to do. We don't want to just help people with their debts on this earth but we want to tell them the amazing truth that we all owe a debt to our God and yet we can't pay that debt back but because Jesus came and died on a cross for me and for all of you, and for all of our clients, we can be completely set free from that debt. And we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we, we long to tell people. And we do that through relationships. We do that through this atmosphere of trust. And it really works. We see, on average, about two or three clients every single day across the UK coming to a faith. We have one of the old-fashioned firebells um, in our office in Bradford. And every time we hear of somebody coming to faith, you might not know this, Kerry, you might now. We ring this bell, we all stop work, we gather around the fire bell, we hear the stories, and we pray for those people. And that is what motivates us, that's what drives us, that's why I'm moving across to Canada, because I want to see this happening over there. It's why I'm excited that the work here is continuing to expand. We've got 218 centres at the moment, we want to get to a place where we have 500, so that anybody who rings up will be able to get help from a local centre. And it's because of people like Kay, and it's because of people like John. And I'm just going to read you John's story. This is a guy from Yorkshire, and his centre manager wrote this. Um, I heard this story last week. So. He said, life has been very tough for John since his marriage breakdown. He's had alcohol addiction problems. 
He suffers from depression. He's self-harmed as well as attempted suicide. He was homeless for some time and was eventually given temporary accommodation. Largely because of his psychological problems and inability to budget effectively, he took out loans and got into arrears with his utility suppliers. Just that is confirmation of everything we were talking about at the beginning, wasn't it? The cycle between mental, mental ill health and death. One causing the other, causing the other, causing the other. And then it says, since working with CAP, the local housing association have put him into permanent accommodation because they know all about the good work that CAP does and how effective we are at ensuring clients stick to a sustainable budget. When we first met, John had a nominal faith and was always keen for me to pray with him. He was very grateful for the Bible that I gave him, which he reads regularly. He attends our church regularly and comes to a men's breakfast. He recently started our Alpha course and has shared with me how his faith is developing. This morning, it was last week, whilst at John's house, we were discussing the Alpha course and John's journey in his relationship with Jesus. He was so happy to share with me that he feels that his relationship continues to get stronger, but is not sure what he should do now. We talked and prayed, and I asked if he would like to say the prayer of commitment, which he was keen to do. This was a very emotional prayer, but John was beaming afterwards. He understands that God's love for him is unconditional and John wants to draw closer to him. What a difference. Praise God. And we're now going to see just the second half of that DVD to see the impact that Cap had on those people and what they say now that Cap's involved. Since Cap's been involved, my life's changed. Everything in it's just completely different. Um, I feel significant. I know I'm loved by God. I'm no longer depressed or suicidal. And I just look forward to every day. Being with Cap has been absolutely amazing. I'm a different woman. My kids are fine. My finances are fine. It's been an absolutely amazing journey. Um, and knowing that God loves me unconditionally has been brilliant. It's turned my heart from stone to flesh, so thank you. I will never, ever regret the day that Kat came into my home. And they helped me with my debt problem. They took it away the same day. They prayed for us and they prayed for situations, not only financial, and it just blessed my life so much. Kat helped us, really helped us with the amount of debt we were in and solved everything for us. And through Kat, we became Christians, which was the ultimate thing really and we've become closer to each other as well we get a better night's sleep and we're more at peace and our de debts have just totally gone and we're we're happy <laughs> it's fantastic caps made a real difference to our lives we can now feed and clothe us um, the children can even have some treats now and again and it's um, just a good feeling that we don't owe anybody, you know, lots of money. We now feel in control and we feel secure as well. Since I've met Cap, uh, it's been like a big weight off my shoulders and I feel as if uh, I'm not worried anymore about my debts and everything. And I feel as if it's like it's a big burden off my shoulders and I feel as if like I've got more money in my pocket. Also, my life's changed. I've become more positive since I started going to uh, Middlesbrough Community Church. Uh, I'm around positive people. I've uh, also got myself into some volunteering work. I'm like a role model now for like other people who come through like drugs and alcohol dependency. Working with CAP's been so brilliant. They've such a fantastic team. They're always there for you. When somebody phones up and they start being difficult, I just need to say I'm working with CAP and they take all the hard work out of everything. They're wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Now that Zet's taken care of, everything at home is so much better. We used to argue so much and now everything's so happy. It's really brilliant, feeling like a proper family. Well, now that I'm no longer in debt, I can sleep, I can eat, I'm physically quite well. Um, I'm not having palpitations, I'm not having panic attacks. Um, I'm able just to live my life. I feel healthy within myself. I'm able to socialise, I'm not withdrawn anymore. Um, I feel happy, I get up in the morning, I've got a smile on my face. I'm not depressed all the time, and I'm just able to really go forward and enjoy my life. Cat pretty much came and gave me hope, um, which was the main thing I needed in my life. Uh, 
the, 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 the support they gave me was unbelievable. Um, the, the phone calls that John, um, who was the camp manager at the time, gave me was just inspirational. It totally changed my life, gave me hope, um, a purpose, gave me um, happiness that I never knew I could have again. When somebody comes in and has a real passion, not only to get you out of debt, but actually has a passion for you as a person, it totally blows your mind that there's actually people that actually care about other people. Christians Against Politics since I started just 15 years ago. It's been astonishing to see what God has done through our work. But I need to tell you today that it is nowhere near finished. We have got a vision to see 500 Christians Against Politics centres up and down the length and the breadth of this nation. And I want to ask you today, if you want to be part of what God's doing through our work, will you give today? Will you give a few pounds each month? Will you become a life changer? And will you play your part in seeing this nation changed by a God who loves the poor, a church that wants to do something, and a people who are willing to not sit back and do nothing when they can do something? Thank you so much for all you do to support Christians Against Poverty. And together, let's go and see this nation changed. So, we're almost finished. Um, we will take a couple of questions, but if anybody wants to find out more, um, there's a stand over in the main um, auditorium, and um, there's lots of literature, there's free books that we're giving away, um, and come and ask me any questions. But if anyone's got any questions now, Christians Against Poverty. Any other burning questions? The only way that people can access Cat Money Plus is if they've gone to a Cat Money course, but all the courses are also logged on the internet. So if you log onto the internet and see if there's a local course running, um, or which churches run that course, then you can refer them to the course, and once they've been through the course, which is three weeks, then they can get access to Cat Money Plus. And also, speak to your church and encourage them to open the debt centre so you can refer people. Yeah, um, <laughs> so a large, the, the vast majority of our money, I can't tell you figures I'm afraid, I've got budget somewhere on my computer, but um, is actually for the actual debt counselling itself. We have um, a staff at our head office of just over 200 people, so the, the majority of the costs go on paying our salaries, um, and the majority of people at head office are working directly in client services, so that's actually doing the debt counselling, um, negotiating with creditors, doing the budgets, looking after our client base. We also have teams who do fundraising, um, building awareness, um, going and speaking at churches. Um, so there's obviously costs involved with that, costs of being at exhibitions. But the bulk of the money goes on the actual debt counselling to offer the support. The support we offer is it's very in-depth, it's very holistic, um, which is fantastic, but it's very much a focus on quality rather than on the, the quantity of people that we help. Um, it is, it's, a, it's an expensive way of helping people, I'll be honest, um, because we want to offer the very best to people who have the least. It's no, we don't pay anybody's debt for them. Um, I think if we did, we'd have to have a budget of, I mean, about 70, about 70 million pounds um, a year that, of debts that we're managing and paying off. So um, no, we don't pay off anybody's debts. We do, if we go and visit clients in their homes, in those initial few visits, and they have no food in the house, we will often take them on a food shop, because there's no point saying, well, we'll build a budget for you, so you'll be able to live off a budget, and you'll be able to buy food. We will take them shopping initially, but that's a one-off. Um, so, yeah. <coughs> Yes, it's just a lot of people who have been approached. It's fantastic. But the other part of 
We are very much chosen to focus on doing what we do and doing that well. There are lots of other organisations who do the campaigning. If clients come to us and they've been missold things or they don't feel they're liable, um, we ask them that and often we can do something to help them. But a lot of the time we'll leave that down to the individual, hopefully supported by someone from the church, who can then write the letters and, and fight the case on their behalf. Yep. Thank you so much, Helen, for, no, for coming up. And I mean, for those of you who, who don't know much about CAP, I'd encourage you to chat to Helen afterwards. I've, I've been in the Bradford HQ when the bell was. <laughs> yeah, most of it is amazing. You know, it really is. It's just absolutely fantastic that you see people actually becoming Christians through this. And the reason for that is that debt is one of the big dynamic factors. The stuff you can't change in your mental health risks, you know, perhaps genes or some past things that have happened to you, but debt, debt can be changed, you know, in the same way that the housing can be changed as well, so um, you know, CAP are fantastic, we've also got Alan from Community Money Advice, and I was joking with Helen earlier and saying, we've got one of the competition across the church, you know, and um, Helen's response is, there's plenty debt, <laughs> you know let, let, let's not worry about that, the more organisations that are working in this area, the better and such a strongly good mood, so please do talk to Helen or Alan back at the church later and uh, we need to wander back as we're kicking off fairly promptly at about four o'clock. But can we give Helen a big round of applause?